Hello and welcome to another episode of 10x Hacks for Startup and Venture Success. This is your host Vida Patil and this is part 2 of the podcast with Professor Vinesh Khashu. Professor Khashu is Professor of Perinatal Health and he's a consultant neonatologist at the National Health Services. We should not expect post-COVID that suddenly the need for face-to-face consultations or the need for, for example, examining patients and finding what's wrong with them will go away because that's now how medicine is. In part one of the podcast, Professor Khashu talked about three P's of product development, the requirements a startup needs to look into before building a product in the healthcare scenario. He went into an in-depth analysis of customer segmentation and who and why a product is being built for. In the current segment, Professor Minesh Khashu explores the future of digital health, how data sharing can be made meaningful and insightful, also time sensitive, and how eliminating middlemen will make the connection between doctor and patient very strong. In United States, the problem is data is fragmented. You know, it's not in a, a consistent workflow. If you want to study something, there is no longitudinal data available. Uh, if you look at India, there even adoption of basic healthcare, uh, you know, services, there is, there is a lot of fragmentation. So in that sense, what kind of innovation are you talking about in data? Okay, a couple, couple of things. So I think if you, um, if you look at, say, for example, if you look at COVID, so uh, COVID, like uh, any difficult uh, situation, as they say, necessity is the mother of invention. COVID has catalyzed some innovations. Uh, COVID has accelerated some. And uh, one of the areas that has perhaps been accelerated is uh, remote consultation, remote monitoring, uh, and, and that sort of stuff. And it is unfortunate, obviously, that so many lives have been lost to COVID. And not just lost, I think one of the worst things with COVID has been that people have died with near and without near and dear ones near them and died, died in a very sort of uh, inhumane way. And I think I, I hold myself as part of the healthcare community all across the world partly responsible that we didn't necessarily prepare as well as a global health community for a pandemic like this and we have let we have let uh, people down uh, uh, whether whether our politicians or whether um, uh, the big global leaders uh, put up their hands or not i personally feel as a global health community we were not prepared for this pandemic and we have let ourselves and our societies down by uh, by so many people dying and uh, dying uh, with an inverted commas uh, in a very inhumane way. So I think that's that's the first thing. But what the COVID has done uh, as, as a disruptor in that sense is it has accelerated a significant amount of online stuff. So whether it's online meetings or whether it's online teaching uh, or whether it's online and remote consultation and stuff like that. Um, I don't think post-COVID it's all going to stay the same. But I think what it will do is, uh, I think it's interesting that when when people see graphs, they can see a very smooth graph going up like this. But if you even take a small graph like this, if you actually go 
deep into it you will see that that graph is actually made up of staircases yeah but yeah. Mm-hmm. it appears like a smooth curve it never is it, it never is uh, and any disruptor like covid will perhaps shift us from uh, say uh, uh, this this to the next step um, and that next step is pretty reasonably steep because we will perhaps see some facilitation of remote monitoring remote stuff i don't think everything that was being done face to face will become online i think that's neither safe nor practical but a lot of triaging that was being done face to face can be done online uh, so i think some proportion of uh, consultation some proportion of monitoring will will be pushed uh, to a digital online format which is going to be good for healthcare and is going to be good for everybody concerned having said that we should not we should not expect post covid that suddenly the need for face to face consultations or the need for for example examining patients and finding what's wrong with them will go away because that's now how medicine is we've been doing medicine like that for hundreds of years there's obviously need to change to a different paradigm but you can't you can't give up Uh, some of the important aspects of face to face consultation not just for diagnostic but the the, the social impact the social uh, connection that you have between say patient and doctor or nurse or doctor those are those are quite important those are quite important um, so i think uh, i think that's 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 important uh, always uh, always to remember because i think people are very uh, sort of easily drawn into um uh, sort of a black and white scenario whereas it's not a black and white scenario it's largely a gray scenario there'll be some areas where there will be definitely a need uh, a, a way of doing remote uh, stuff but there will be some areas where definitely there's no way you can do it remotely and there'll be some areas in between which are gray and over time once we get better and better uh, we, we, will, we will we will figure it out coming back to your primary question i did digress there but i wanted to sort of highlight the covid business because i think Uh, it's something i feel quite passionate quite passionately about so in terms of digital transformation and data even though i understand there's a lot of places in the world that are still not digitalized a lot of uh, patient related data might be still uh, on on paper format and not digital wherever it is still digital we are still not using that data so if you ask me all the patients in all the hospitals in the world every day are providing data how much percentage of that data do we use to generate insights i don't think we use more than 10% of that data yeah my my question is can you generate insights with small fragments of data or do you need like large amounts of data because uh, they may be a uh, stationary in time you know it may insight may be applicable to that particular time frame in that situation if it has to right so i was wondering what your thoughts are on that okay so i think we definitely need bigger volumes of data because to integrate them we need them so you can't come to conclusions about data if your time frames are too long Yeah. 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 
And why do we, if you look at research traditionally, why do we do research over long periods of time or at least two, three years, four years, five years? Why do we do that? Because we are looking at small number of people. Right. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, let me give an example. If, if we say wanted to look at mental health of people. Yes. Related to COVID. Yeah. For example, as an example. Uh, three months worth of data would be fine if we had a large chunk of the global population involved in that data set. Yeah. And the timelines would be short as well. The only reason we need longer timeline generally is because we don't have the numbers. Uh, so if, I, if UK does its own bid or within a region of UK we do our own bid, the data sets are small, but once we start connecting the data sets to generate big data, and then we can obviously use machine learning and AI, we will come to solutions much quicker. So they will be relevant. They won't be 10 year old stuff. Right. They can be much quickly. And this needs to be the norm. It's not as part of a study, you need yeah. to do it. Yeah. Connection is quite important. I think that's an important point because a lot of the data sets are not connected with each other. And even within the same hospital system, say in the UK, a hospital could easily have 25, 30 different data systems who right. don't each other. So I think, I think that is a big problem. Having said that, and information governance is quite important as well. Having said that, one of the things that needs to be catalyzed um, is there are two, two ways to do it. One is to catalyze sharing of anonymized data sets. So obviously you don't want to share personal data, but anonymized data sets could be, to, to give you an example, uh, there are about 60,000 deliveries in the UK in a year, yeah? Out of those 60,000 deliveries in the UK, about 10% of those get admitted to neonatal units. So let's say 6,000 babies, yeah? Right. If I look, so one way would be at least rather than me looking at the new needs in my unit alone, which might be 300, 400, 500. If in an anonymized way, I could ask the same question of a 6,000 big data set, then I have a better chance of getting the right answer. Right. Now, if, if you then say, if my UK anonymized data set links with a pan-European data set or a American data set, then we have 60, 70,000 babies in a data set. So yes. my chance of asking the right questions of the data set and answering uh, the questions that are important clinically becomes much higher. Right. Uh, and that is the way I think we will have to shift from a traditional research paradigm primarily. I think we need to research, but we will have to shift from that paradigm into a paradigm where we have big data, we have linked data sets, and we regularly integrate them, integrate them. But also, you can generate digital cohorts. Yeah. What, what is that? Can you elaborate a little bit? Digital cohort would be, uh, so for example, uh, you could do, uh, you could start a cohort, say, of newborns who were born in 2020, could be continue, continually collected in an anonymized way um, and you could you could follow them up in terms of who gets disease who doesn't get disease what is their nutrition like uh, and so you're following them following them in a digital way 
regularly and that's how data needs to work data should not be just about uh, just about going uh, for a particular research study so let me give you a let me give you an example thank you for listening to the podcast 10x hacks for startup and venture success this is your host vida patel i'm bringing you interviews of investors and founders from silicon valley and across the globe this podcast takes a lot of time and effort so please support this by subscribing to my itunes soundcloud and linkedin podcast pages also please leave your valuable feedback I will try to make this podcast better with your comments. Thank you so much. When we needed to study something or find something, 30-40 years back, what, what did we do? We used to go to a library. Yeah. So you had to, you needed something to be answered. You had a question, what did you do? You used to go to a library. Okay. What do we do today? We have that library on our fingertips. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the change paradigm. So similarly, research should not be about setting up necessarily a research study for a particular condition. It should be regular collection of data with regular interrogation of that data uh, to keep giving the clinicians insight. So for example, if you look at all the patients who got say admitted with COVID who went on a ventilator during the pandemic, if international data sets were combined, for example, people would quickly get insights of what medications are working and what are not working, which ones, uh, which people are faring worse than um, others. And this should be a regular process of data collection, data uh, analysis, interrogation, and generating insights rather than rather than specific research. Uh, So it's it's almost part of your clinical care that you are regularly reviewing your data and understanding things better. And in a a time limited way, it's not six years later, you tell me uh, how how things were six years back. It needs to be in a time critical way. Yes. Much quicker. And that will only happen through digitalization, through to data sets that link with each other and, 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 and sort of work efficiently. So that's one bit. But the other bit, which perhaps is more important, is when I am linking with data, say in hospitals or in clinics and stuff, uh, I am one step away from the patient. Yeah. I'm away from the individual. So you have generated middlemen, and when you generate middlemen, you always create inefficiency. You always create hurdles for yourself because uh, you have to focus to the interests and the needs of the middlemen in addition to your primary customer. Right, right. So one of the important ways to innovate and use a startup paradigm within healthcare is using data in ways that you get rid of the middleman. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at, say, um, uh, if you look at this, for example, uh, things like uh, um, sort of the Fitbits and stuff like that, what are they doing? Yeah. Uh, Directly, they're getting uh, data from the consumer, right? 
So, and the consumer is directly getting his or her own, own data, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no middleman, exactly. That's amazing. So, so Minesh, uh, you know, I had this question about case reports, right? You write case reports every day that captures your clinical findings, isn't it? Is, is there some way you can digitize case reports and uh, make it available, across, globally available? Because it is very much within the time frame. Like this is uh, patient X in, in the month of August on this day. And this is what I found interesting about this case and make it available to everyone. And uh, if there's a way of generating an insight, like, uh, like you mentioned, data is lacking insights, even though there is data, you think that's going to help? It will. I think some of that is again. So some of that is about uh, some of that is about uh, sort of learning, for example. So at the moment, traditionally, how do we how do we share learning or how do we share unusual experiences or unusual patients or situations? Is we will write it up and we'll publish it in a journal. Um, that's that's quite uh, in some ways cumbersome, time-consuming, and there's a limit to how much can go how much can go uh, in, in the journals in the world, but again if, if even if i end up doing the hard work and publishing it uh, there's a limit to the person on the receiving end how much is going to be able to read and stuff like that okay. so i think digitally what will potentially happen is we will have innovations which crystallize the main learning from bigger data sets from bigger experiences much quicker much faster um, so that so that things change quite quickly. So you must know very well that we uh, tend to compare healthcare safety and improvement a lot of times with the aviation industry. Yeah, and one of the areas where healthcare goes wrong is you could have mistakes happening in one part of the healthcare domain with the other parts not knowing about it. Whereas in the aviation industry, generally when a mistake happens, it's escalated quite to a high level and people are made aware and people have to train and people have to certify uh, when they do their whatever annual certifications or whatever, they, they need to know about it and, and need, need to have solutions to it. So I think one of the ways uh, that innovation can help in that domain is creating that global community where some of that learning is disseminated in real time quite quickly. Right. Uh, that if, 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 if an error has happened in a part of the world, quickly everybody working with that equipment, with that medicine, with that uh, sort of condition becomes aware that this is a problem uh, and they need to be aware of. So I think uh, a well-connected, digitalized world will hopefully help help with regard to safety and improvement in that perspective as well. Such an amazing vision. I mean, <laughs> I'm speechless. The way you described the last 10 minutes, uh, the vision of this digitally connected healthcare uh, systems across the globe, I'm totally speechless. Oh, it can only come from a doctor. It, it probably cannot come from an engineer or an AI scientist. It has to come from a doctor. So uh, I'm, I'm truly uh, enthralled by all the insights you shared today, the 3P vision, customer-centric approach, uh, and you know, digging deep into who your customer is and what problem you're solving. And now you're talking about the importance of taking away middlemen from data, collecting insights from data. And now finally you, you're weaving this grand vision. <laughs> I think uh, 
either you should build it yourself or there should be a startup doing that or maybe there are many doing that uh, i don't know but it's truly a vision which needs to be pursued i think that's where the next disruption is going to come from so i think i would yeah i would welcome and support it with with this yeah embrace it with open arms really yeah awesome great thank you minish for an amazing uh, amazing podcast this will truly inspire the uh, not only the uh, doctors and the healthcare professional community but also the engineers the data scientists and uh, the healthcare uh, policy group the governance the governance of various nations who are uh, having reservations like gdpr or privacy you know i hope they really hear people out like you uh, who are trying to make a difference here uh, before before i wrap up the podcast any parting thoughts you want to share with your audience uh, you know any any specific message you have uh, i do see your passion for the uh, healthcare community i can definitely sense that but before we wrap up anything you'd like to say no i think i would i would as i said as said at the start i think i would like to congratulate people who are in the startup domain it's not an easy place i think it it sort of uh, tells me that you are passionate uh, you are eager you have the belief you have the confidence so i think uh, that that's all great and you, you need to pat yourself on the back regarding that uh, so my only take home message is largely um, you need to understand the why better you need to understand who your customer is or who Who, who the range of your customers uh, could be, and, and then tweak and refine and fine tune your product or service uh, to that customer. Um, I would strongly urge to try to get middlemen taken away and focus on on your on your primary customer and talk to people within within the domain. So if you are developing a disease, uh, sort of. intervention or you developing a device or you developing something for a patient group uh, take extra time to talk to as many clinicians as you can take extra time to talk to as many patients with that condition as you can because that is quite valuable information and that will help you to to perhaps devise the best product uh, that you can and good luck i'm happy to help helping and support that they might need with within within healthcare domain yeah. Thank you for listening to the podcast 10x hacks for startup and venture success. This is your host Vida Patel. I'm bringing you interviews of investors and founders from Silicon Valley and across the globe. This podcast takes a lot of time and effort, so please support this by subscribing to my iTunes, SoundCloud and LinkedIn podcast pages. Also please leave your valuable feedback I will try to make this podcast better with your comments. Thank you so much.